welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Alright guys, we are back with another episode of the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. And this week, we're doing a classic from the 70s. 1977, it's Hearts Little Queen. But before we get started, Brick, do you have anything you want to say? I read somewhere that their periods attract bears. The bears can smell the menstruation. Jesus Christ, Anthony. Now, that's just fantastic. You've endangered the entire podcast. How do you feel, sir? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I got a fight on my hands. I was... That was that's requested. Not that, that was not my idea, Anthony. I just want Dude, you to know, I, man. Out of jokes, I'm, man. I'm over here trying to be woke, bring in some uh, <laughs> oh females on the podcast... And you know, um, this is the kind you of just killed it. I just destroyed it. Hey, Anthony, go ahead. Hey, you guys ready to do this? All seriousness, Anthony. Anthony, do you have a, a phrase Words today? Of wisdom wisdom today sir. I took some lyrics from one of the songs, I think it's a little queen, and I kind of twisted it a little bit to make it sound ah. like something for us. So, see if this works or not. We're hot on our music and playing a winning hand. It's the Audible Ecstasy podcast. That's actually a very good one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> here I am trying to make it funny. Little oh kings god. right here. Right? Little yeah. kings. There we go. Oh my god. All right, guys. So let's uh let's get this thing started. First track is uh Barracuda. Number one. Hit it, Chris. So with Barracuda, Nancy Wilson has created one of the most simple, aggressive riffs from the 70s. It's often played and duplicated in guitar stores worldwide. Um, The song is easy to get into, bang your head to, at least to a point. And I do realize this is probably one of their most played songs in concert. I would assume probably top five, if not maybe even number one or number two. I don't know. But... I, uh, I see that this song is an outstanding song. I, the vocally, you know what? As I try to listen to this critically, I don't think I like the vocals on this 
track as much as I do when you go back and listen to stuff from the 80s. Granted, it's more produced in the 80s, and I get that. But still yet, this song is a staple in the heart diet, if you will. Um, I'm at a nine, and the reason why I'm there is because it's outstanding. I don't think it's perfection because I do believe they matured later in the 80s, and their songs that are more like perfection would come in their poppier hits that did come from like 83 to 89, if you guys know what I mean. But I'm at a nine. Chris, what do you think about Barracuda? Well, it's definitely an iconic tune, and it's a rocker. I think everybody from that generation knows this song very well. Agreed. Uh, I think Ann's vocals are solid. I agree. Nancy's come up with an iconic riff on this song that everybody knows. There's almost a gallop to this song, yeah. which when we talk about gallops to songs, we're not normally talking about heart. You know, we're talking about yeah. heavy stuff, you know, like Metallica yeah, or something like that. But, uh, but it's it's pretty cool that they they pulled that off. It was their number two in concert and their oh, most streamed sense. song on Spotify. 281 million listens on Spotify. That's three times what 38 Special's top song was last week. So just to give you a little. Wow. Uh, you know, the, the real question is, is it perfection? And I, I debated this one. I, I think it is because I think oh, it's nice. very, it's it's kind of like, you made a comment last week, Jimmy, and it stuck with me. It's on the, kind of like the Mount Rushmore, if you will, of, of the of the genre in the time frame, I think. Sure. And I know it's listen. This is a it's open to interpretation when it comes to that. But I'm giving sure. this one a ten because this no, is dude, about no. as damn iconic as it gets for that time frame. So well, dude, not just great. for the band, but for the time frame. By the way, their number one, if you're wondering, was crazy on you in concert. Ah, makes yeah, sense. I didn't know if you, you, maybe maybe you pulled those Anthony. I know you didn't last week. I, you kind of acted. Like I've kind of stopped that, doing because so. a lot of these older albums, they just I don't think they're accurate. Accuracy is incorrect. You're right, Anthony. Yeah, I, you I may be right about that. Yeah. But, I feel I like maybe we get them. a gauge of it anyway, of at least what they play the well, most. I'll be the honest numbers with may not be right. The way you're doing it's probably a more accurate gauge for today, so to speak, because yeah. Spotify yeah. and Apple Spotify. is the two that are probably driving these listens right. more so right. than anything else at this point in time. And don't get me wrong, it's, and it's for a different generation, and I get it. Anthony, what do you think about Barracuda? I, I want to go into the song facts first on this one. Um, I thought it might be a little easier transition. Uh it's in a couple of interesting little song facts here that you guys might find interesting. Uh, the Wilson sisters uh, revealed in various interviews that the song was about Hart Singer towards an ad Mushroom Records placed in trade publications implying that Ann and Nancy were lesbians having an affair. The song <laughs> focuses on Ann's rage towards a promoter who came up to her after a concert in Detroit asking how her lover was. She initially thought he was talking about her then-boyfriend, band member Michael Fisher. After the promoter revealed he was talking about her sister, Nancy Wilson, Anne became angry and went back to her hotel room to write the song. Nancy put suitably angry music to the words to complete the song, comparing the sleazy side of music to a dangerous fish. So I thought <laughs> nice. that was kind of interesting. And nice. yeah, I'd heard something about that story, actually. That's crazy. And another cool one here, I didn't realize this, while contributing guest vocals to Alice in Chains, 1992 EP, Ann Wilson refused the band's request to sing the Barracuda Chorus on the song Right Turn. She told them they wouldn't find it funny when people were still hounding them to play Man in the Box 10 years later. So, I thought that was kind of yeah. interesting. That's interesting. No, I know I that you uh, <laughs> did backgrounds for Alice in Chains. I, I did. I knew that. And I also know that Jerry Cantrell and Nancy 
Wilson are friends to this day. So really, that just okay. a guitar. It's a guitar thing, I'm sure, because they're both yeah. in Seattle. And uh, but yeah, Kentrell and Nancy are still friends to this day. I think uh, she's joined them on stage, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it's, just it's very interesting. <laughs> Two I odd bands to be. Well, I could see there. her doing some of those. There's a connection. Songs, well, she's a pretty darn good guitar, as we're going to hear in the next song. But she's a good guitarist, guys. Um, oh, yeah. The uh, the Seattle scene was pretty tight knit back in the '90s because as they went to that grunge and started taking over the scene, you know, music changed. So yeah, it nonetheless. Did. But my thoughts, uh, I, that opening guitar lick is just—it's iconic. I mean, yeah. you hear it. And you know what's about to drop. When it drops, you're in for one of the all-time classic rock songs. Really enjoy it. It's everything you can want from a rock song. Big drums, heavy guitars, catchy riffs, awesome guitar solo. And Anne's voice, which I'm going to mention a lot on this podcast tonight, is freaking amazing on this song. Like so many on these uh, these songs. It's my second 10 of the year, man. This song is perfection in my mind. Zero right. flaws. So, yeah. I, I want to say before you move on, I think the reason I felt like I need to give it to him was because of that riff, because that is just iconic as hell. That, that riff, riff is. is so I mean, iconic, you're the, yeah. when you hear that kick in, it's just. That's, I think yeah. that's what put it over the top for me. I do agree with Jimmy though on the. I think it's maybe like the the way these albums were produced more so like in the '80s because her sound becomes fuller in the voice. Well, on, see, on these I would have picked songs. an '80s album, but I thought classic rock would be more of a vibe on this show. I didn't think the pop stuff would go over as well no, with I, you guys. It's it's just two different types of things, and they're I'm both just good. Saying, but it's I, I was listening yeah. to like Alone and all that sounds like well, the guys aren't going to get into Alone and that. Oh, stuff love Alone, man. that's great. So well, I'm not saying you don't love it. I'm just saying <laughs> I wasn't sure the popular sound of heart would go over as well as the classic rock. I thought the classic rock well, would be more of a better fit. So. We, we, you don't have to necessarily satisfy what we all like. It's all about what you want us to No, explore. I was just trying to find something that would be a good something listening different. experience for everybody. And apparently this one maybe wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be. So. Well, I mean, <laughs> we'll, let's keep going because I think there's going to be a couple surprises on here. There's, for yes. you, Anthony, and of course for us, there's going to be a couple that, or at least for me, there's going to be a couple that aren't as good. Um, but I, there's an appreciation for some of this music. All right, so let's uh, let's move this forward. Track number two, it's called "Love Alive." Ever since I was a baby girl, wanted one thing most in this world it was to keep my love, keep my love alive. Yeah, I gotta keep my love, keep my love alive. Keep my love, keep it alive. All right, so here we go on this one, Love Alive. Uh, now, this track um, is pure Led Zeppelin worship. And honestly, this inspiration that Nancy's using, I mean, she is tapping her inner Jimmy Page at this point in time, and Anne's vocals are excellent throughout this tune. Um, that guitar lick is just freaking incredible, guys. I'm going to be honest with you, for that continuous 
little uh, trill that she's using throughout the song is just amazing. Let me tell you something else. If you listen to the background vocals, Nancy's background vocals accommodate and so well that it actually stood out to me on this song. Uh, once the song kicks in at the two minute and 10 second mark, I mean, this is a pure Houses of the Holy Worship album at that point. And, um, I mean, I enjoyed this song through and through. I honestly, I look at the singles that was released in this album. I can't believe this wasn't released for the time it was, this album yeah, was out in 77. So that just tells you, I, this is a shock by far to me, uh, in my ears, this is the best song on this freaking album. Wow. I love it. I think it's outstanding. I gave it a nine and that's where my wow. worship ends on this song. This is a pinnacle in her guitar playing on this record period. That's where I stand. Chris, wow. what'd you think about I love alive? Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it's pretty hard, Jimmy, for the well, song. Well, you guys should know sure when it comes to guitar this, stuff, if it's, okay, I, if it's something it's that's good, outstanding, I will kill it. I mean, I will, I will appreciate it. And just I got it. Yeah, it. You are a guitar guy, so I get it. Yeah, it, listen, I like the acoustic intro. Uh, you can tell there's some solid musicians in this band, not just uh, the, the Wilson sisters. And the, you know, I don't know the other two guys, in, or I'm not sure how many people are in there. Are four people in this band? or is it? Uh, there's five, isn't there? Five in the five. band at this point, okay. I think. But yeah, that that jam session there, I, I grabbed the part I did because I liked it kind of where it broke down and then kicked into that Zeppelin vibe to it. That's exactly uh, what I said. Yeah, that kind of elevates, that, that part elevated the song from very good to great to me. I mean, that's kind of where I am okay. on this song. I give it a seven. Uh, I do, it's it's kind of like a jam session. Uh, there's, a, there's a few songs on here that kind of turn into jam sessions. Nothing wrong with that, but it's kind of like you don't really catch, you know, this, there was a decent uh, uh chorus on this song as well so i mean it was it was yeah it was great for me seven okay overall. that's good that says something you know great is not bad guys <laughs> i mean it's great there you go. it's it's all in how you hear it all right anthony what'd you think about love alive yeah i like the way this one sounds with the acoustic guitar and i do like ann's vocals i like all the instruments uh, throughout the song uh, the harmonies are well and i like chris saying that drop right around the two minute mark when it goes in that zeppelin vibe that transition is freaking smooth um I enjoyed it a lot. I gave it a 7.5. I'm somewhere between great and excellent on this one. So digging this too, man. I, I can definitely hear that Zeppelin influence on this yeah, song. Yeah, big time. Absolutely. There's another one coming up too. It's very Zeppelin inspired yep. too. Yep. So 7.5 right, so for me on that one. What about this next song? We are going to rate this instrumental silver yeah, song. I, I, so it's not like an and, intro. It's more of an instrumental. So I thought it'd be a good one to rate. Well, it definitely really introduces like it, Dream so. of the Archer. So go ahead, Chris. Play this just a quick. abrupt ending all right so yeah, um I don't know what happened there the, <laughs> the brief way to oh, you go know what I think is because of the the, the the next song kicks in immediately and it just, I, was, right, I was about to hear dream of the yeah, archer start up right yeah. there so yeah. all right so with sylvan song it's a brief two-minute <laughs> instrumental that sounds like it was recorded outside in the woods near a pond full of frogs at a renaissance fair <laughs> 
It's good, and it really kicks up to a notch prior to the next song, and we're still hearing this Led Zeppelin influence in full force. I'm at a five and a half. I think it's somewhere between good and very good. Chris, what do you think about Sylvan's song? Yeah, you nailed it with the Renaissance Fair theme. Uh, even <laughs> hey, look at the album cover. Renaissance Fair, man. <laughs> you know, I, I'd kind of like to go to a Renaissance Fair one of these days, in all honesty, again, dress up in a, some garb, and I don't know, but uh, I, nothing wrong with that. It just... That's what this look. If you even the album cover kind of looks like they were probably a music video for this song or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the next song. Uh, you know, to me, this is an intro to the next song. It's it it's a good acoustic uh, intro. Nothing wrong with it. I, I went as far as to say very good, but probably nothing more than that for me. I gave it six. That's okay. good. That's a wow. that's a mandolin, right, Jimmy? Is that a mandolin? It is a mandolin. Yes. Okay, I thought that's something. I guess why well, I like the mandolin a lot. It's like, man, it's why I like this one so it's much. It's got a unique sound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it has that strange start, but I think the frogs and stuff blend into the song pretty much. I think it fits the tempo of the song. Uh, you know, it's solid, man. I like it. I gave it a seven. I think it's a great little song. I kind of consider it a song. I don't really think it, an intro to me is like a minute, 30 seconds. Yeah, this this was, goes on more like an instrumental for me. So, uh, well, it yeah. flows so right into the intro, basically. Yeah, it flows right into the song, man, <laughs> and it kicks yeah. into Dream of the Archer. So, uh, Let's yeah, roll this. I well, I grabbed the best part because I felt like the first minute or so kind of drug. So I mean, it was yeah, each his own. Well, guys, let's rock this into the actual song that goes into it. It's called "Dream of the Archer," track four. Chris. All right, so Dream of the Archer, I mean, this is, yet again, this is the basically a remake of the Battle of Evermore from Led Zeppelin That's exactly 4. exactly in my notes, man. Um, Battle of Evermore. And this is from the view of Anne and Nancy. Uh, although it does seem like an altered version of Battle of Evermore, I found myself really loving this song more and more as I listened to it throughout the week. Um, there is, her vocals are haunting at some point in this song that it like really, really have like, I don't know, it's just like they're getting ready to go to battle or something. You know what I mean? It's It's weird. Um, but with Ann telling the tale and Nancy, her backing vocals yet again standing out in my opinion. And I mean, it adds to the harmony throughout this song. I mean, I did find this song impressive. Um, I found this track to be somewhere between great and excellent. I'm at a seven and a half, guys. That's where I'm at on this one. And I, I'm going to go ahead and forewarn you. That's about it for this record for me. So, Chris, <laughs> what'd you think about uh, Dream of the Archer? You had issues with Kick It Out, the next song? You That's will, a rock and roll uh, tune, man. I will uh, I will explain my craziness in a minute. <laughs> okay. 
Go ahead, Chris. Well, yeah, my first notes are here. Have we reached the Shire yet? Uh, this <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. I'll take a trip to the Shire any day of the week, man. You know, it's similar to the last song acoustically. It just kind of flowed into it. Right. Uh, I think that you're right. Harmoni- the uh, the Wilson sisters harmonize very well on this. I don't. I may be shorting somebody else. There may be more background vocals than that. I don't know if anybody else contributes on that or not. But uh, I think vocally it's solid. Uh, the chorus doesn't stand out a lot to me. It kind of flows around. Uh, I think it's a good song. Lyrically, it really never grabbed me. I mean, I, I like the instrumentals and I like the harmonies. So I'm kind of where I was with the last song. I gave it a very good as a six. But uh, I, don't, I don't know Zeppelin well enough to compare this to Zeppelin. The other one sounded a lot like the Zeppelin sound. I know this is probably more like Stairway to Heaven kind of stuff, I guess. I don't know. but uh, <laughs> I had to go um, listen to Battle of Evermore just to make yeah, sure I was Battle right when Evermore. I was listening to this one. So it definitely sounds like the Battle of Evermore. If you get a chance, check it out. So All right. Anthony? So. Yeah, you know, I love the sound of it. Uh, Anne's voice, like I said, I'm going to say it a lot tonight. She just sounds freaking amazing on this song. Her power, her subtle, just the way she blends from low to high and high to low. I don't know how she does it. She's amazing. Uh, I enjoy the ballad nature of it, of course. I love ballads. I like the way the instruments kind of flow underneath Anne's vocals throughout the song. Uh, Like Jimmy said, the Battle of Evermore. Big influence has to be. I gave it an 8. I think it's excellent. I'm really digging this one a lot, so... Yeah. Good deal, man. Good deal. All right. So this is the last song on side one of this record. It's called Kick It Out. Chris, hit it. So here we go. This is the final song on the first side of this album. And I'm thinking back to a time in 1977, what it would be like listening to this record. So basically now we're leaving the Renaissance Fair and we're going to try to go back to rocking. I mean, this song is okay, but it's really nothing to write home about. This this is a dip in the album. It makes me wonder what direction the band was trying to go during the writing and placement of songs on this record. Um, I mean, it has a decent guitar solo and that's really about it. I think it sounded more like a generic song. I realized it was a single, but it just never did anything for me. I think the prior two full songs, I should say, are absolutely pinnacles on this record. They possibly should have kept it in that vein at this point, but they didn't, and it didn't grab me. I'm in a meh. I think it's somewhere, not, not bad, not good. I'm in a four, and I realize I'm going to be the lowest wow. on this, and that's no big deal, but I just... I, Anthony never grabbed me. It never I, did. I'm not I saying. Wanted, I'm not saying that. I'm I wanted just, more Zeppelin. That is not Zeppelin. I'm just a little boggled by it. It has such a good beat and good riff to it, and a good chorus, and a lot of good stuff in that song. It's a good classic rock song. I don't. I'm just, well, at the end of when I have my summation, I'm going to tell you how the reason why my scores are the way they are, and they may be different in another light. But huh, okay. as far as as I heard this record, and believe me, 
It was all I could do was not to skip this song. I, I will admit there's some the song placement on this, and they should have maybe moved some things around to make things a little more, a little right, better. Right. I think you know, mix up your ballads and your fast songs a little better. But I don't hear that, man. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, it, it never grabbed me. It never grabbed me. Okay, all right. I got you, Chris. What'd you think about uh, "Kick It Out"? Uh, I disagree, Jimmy. It's a good song. Uh, I like the getting back to that rock and roll vibe. It's got a little more of a kind of a throwback rock and roll sound to this one. Uh, yeah. Doesn't really have that. Doesn't feel like it's in the seventies so much, like a lot of the stuff. No, does. that's that's definitely a, a late fifties, early sixties yeah, uh, riff. It's, it, exactly. Uh, it's catchy. Has a singable chorus. Good, good, solid guitar solo. I like the way they infuse the piano into it. I'd say it's my sleeper of the night. I gave it a seven and a half. I think between wow. the great and excellent. Sleeper. No kidding. Yeah. It's solid tune, I think. Fair enough. Anthony, go ahead. Uh, let me go. I got one little bit of Wikipedia on this one. There wasn't a lot on this album for some reason, but anyway. No, I can tell you why. There was a battle between record labels well, yeah, and was. they recorded two albums at once. Yeah, I, really? I do remember reading that where they had their one album put out one. Like the record company put out one album that was more. I don't know Dude, what it was. It had Magic like, Man. And it had like it had two huge hits on it. Yeah. And then they, they put this one at something. It was weird, man. I don't know what's yeah, going on. It was, a, it was an argument for sure. It was probably the classic case of the seventies where the men were running the industries and women were being a little more power, and they tried to kick them out because of that reason. That's probably what was happening at the time. No, it was money. You think it was money? <laughs> I yeah, don't it was know, money. man. But anyways, uh, Wikipedia. I said, fellow Seattle band Foo Fighters. I got to listen to this band more. They just seem like the coolest oh, guys. Yeah, you got to listen to them, dude. They're awesome. <laughs> uh, My God. They played a version during a 2014 appearance on The Late Show with David Letterman with Ann and Nancy Wilson performing lead vocals and guitar on it. So I thought that was kind of cool, man. These guys keep popping up everywhere these days. They're just in the coolest ways, you know. So, um, Anyways, my thoughts on this one. It's back to classic rock and roll. Heart delivers once again. Digging it. Love the sound of the drums. Ann's voice once again. And that wicked guitar solo, man. No complaints. Great song. I gave it a seven. I'm digging it, man. It's a good one. So, not sure what Jimmy heard, but uh, it's okay. He just, yeah, man, I'll song. explain it. Don't worry. Back to the <laughs> Foo Fighters there. I, I, I've always thought that Dave Grohl is kind of the. Uh, Keanu Reeves of music. Everybody loves Keanu. It, like anytime you hear anybody talk about that dude, it's nothing but like love. You know, any you actor, any director, really, any you? fan. Uh, yeah. Same with Dave Grohl. Everybody loves that guy, man. He's just well, just a real dude. Mention, since we're on Foo Fighters, Studio Sixty Six 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 Six, you yep. guys should keep your eye out for it. I haven't. No, seen don't worry, it yet, dude. But I'm all over it. You heard the song, right? I heard some of the song, but uh, did you? I, don't even talk was, to me until you listen to the whole song. How dare you not listen to that whole freaking song? That song I, well, rocks. I saw the trailer, and I love the trailer to this new movie. Oh it's like a God. horror it's movie me. slash slasher movie slash band Comedy. movie. Yeah. It looks really good, man. So uh, I would put that on your radar. It's, it's around. No, it's, see that. It's, it's ingrained. February 25th in, in theaters. Just so you know. I saw it around our area in a couple of places. So, but Already? Yeah, I saw a I couple of trailers. Shows. I February yeah, it says it's coming out twenty fifth, which is next week. So that'll be awesome. I, I dude, I'm in. Anyway, Studio Six Six Six, and we'll probably mention it at some point in time. Oh yeah, so, no doubt. No doubt. Me and Jimmy, I'm sure me and Jimmy will get a chance to see it because uh, we're big it. into those kinds of movies. So. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So let's uh, let's rock this thing. We're flipping we're flipping this record over. Side two, track six. It's called Little Queen.
Queen, the second single off this record back in 77, and I'm going to say this, Bruce Springsteen would be proud, because they basically <laughs> took the riff from 10th Avenue Freeze Out in the background and played it throughout this song. I don't hear 10th Avenue Freeze Out. I would have called Are that. Are you I'm kidding me? Springsteen fan. Listen to the guitar. Oh, my God. Bring that. Bring it up. Play it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't hear That is it, absolutely the exact same... Breaking out his phone. <laughs> I hear a little bit of what you're talking about. It's not a carbon I, copy. I know. I don't hear it that has much. It. But I mean, that's the way all classic rock sounds. I mean, it has the, they all kind of sound like each other in some ways, you know. Mm. I think this was a little, I thought it was a little faster than this one. Not 100% hearing it, man. Anyways, go on. So you don't hear the guitar in that, huh? <laughs> you gotta get your wow. soundboard. You're gonna start playing clips on this show, man. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll kill the sound. I, if I freeze out the the <laughs> saxophone and the um and the piano, it's the exact same riff, identical. I mean, it's uh, dude. I I can I can name a thousand bands, thousand songs with similar riffs. There's only so many riffs in this world you can get into. There's only so many can be invented. So anyway, right, right. All right, so this uh, where we're at here. Oh, there it is. It Sorry. seems similar to me to Tenth Avenue Freeze Out. Um, the tempo change around the two fifteen mark is a pleasant surprise and adds to the song. I think it's easy to listen to and lyrically easy to sing along to. It's it's good, and I think it, I found it somewhere between good and very good. I'm at a five and a half. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a solid tune. Uh, I like the rhythm to it. It's definitely got like that slow burn kind of going on. Boom, that's doom, da, doom, da, da, you know that that's the nice kind of like. I don't know, something you could drive to, just like have it going in the background. It's it's a little dated. It definitely has that 70s feel. Uh, that's not an insult. It's just an observation. I, I I don't mind dated music, but, it, you know, it's kind of pointing out it does have a dated sound to it. It grew on me over the week. I'm a little higher than you, Jimmy. I gave it a six and a half. It's between very good and great for me. Oh, nice, nice. Anthony, what do you think about? <laughs> Did I make you mad, Jimmy? <laughs> no, no, no. You no, seem no. like I, you're in a different frame of mind. Don't worry. I'm time. going to bring that out. His game, that's all. <laughs> don't worry. I am going to uh, take. I'm going to use some uh, some video or some audio wizardry. I'm going to make that. Uh, I'm going to pull right. the the song for you guys, and I'm going to play it next week. Still, yeah, some wizardry. <laughs> Just it seemed like Jimmy's mood just kind of took a dip a second ago. I was like, man, did I piss him off or something? I just can't believe y'all can't hear it. That's all. Oh, gotcha. I I kind of hear it, but I don't think it's like a You guys can't hear it. It's okay. Hit it. It's okay. (laughs) Guys, I mean, this is probably my sleeper of the week. I mean, this is one of my favorites off the album. Maybe one of my favorites by heart in general that I've heard. It's a solid grooving song. Nice, funky beat. Gets a head moving, foot tapping. And Anne's voice, once again, just kills it for me. Uh, the, the way she goes from high to low, low to high, she's amazing. The drums and the guitar are on fire. I mean, I gave it a nine. I think it's outstanding. Like I said, it's it's my sleeper of the week, probably. So, 
But All right. to title an album, you know, the side, you got to bring <clears> the song. Well, to, it was so. a single. I don't know if it'd be a sleeper, but it is a single. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a nine. I think it's an excellent, I mean, an outstanding song, which is where we are now. So, All right. Fair enough. Let's hit the next track. It's uh, the second song on the second side. It's number seven. It's Treat Me Well. Hit it, Chris. sure y'all gonna butcher this one probably curses flush you're already like treat me well <laughs> that's not a word you're already like, the, oh, yeah, know, preparing for battle <laughs> with the intro we're going back to the renaissance fair and ann and nancy are leading the way let's see here this song does break into a, a, a decent pace but it's still slow paced and it it almost sounds like a droning sound with a great guitar in the background and acoustic licks that are pleasing to my ears but the song really never picks up and it and it really doesn't become anything other than mad at me i don't think it's bad but i don't think it's good either i'm at a four on this one and this would be my flush if I was going to flush one, Anthony, to be honest with you. It just, it really never did pick up with me. Uh, once again, I'll discuss some thoughts later, but um, that's just how I am on that one. Chris, what do you think about Treat Me Well? Chris's Flush of the Week. I'm wrong about that. <laughs> I give that one a courtesy flush, too. You're right, Jimmy. It's like nap time at the Renaissance Fair as far as, as I go. It's... Uh, Ah, man, this one just meanders around a little too much for my liking. Uh, there's not much song structure to it. The chorus isn't strong. It's slow, boring. I don't even think it's mad. It's a little worse than mad. I gave it three and a half. Okay. Fair and enough, Anthony. To be honest, what'd you rip think the about band-aid off. I don't know. I think it's a great ballad. So, I mean, it, it works for We've me. we got enough ballads on this album. They, they went a little I heavy like on the ballads. I like the sound of it. <laughs> Heart, once again, is uh, proven they can do about anything in my mind. And freaking amazing on vocals. I gave it a seven. I think it's a great song. So, all right, well, let's move us up to track eight. Uh, it's called "Say Hello." Go ahead, Chris. Say hello. Say 
say hello. Well, this song starts out with clapping, and I'm assuming it's from a deaf person. This is really nothing to clap about at this point. And on the second half of the album, this album is dragging down a little bit to me. Um, but Anne tries to change the vibe as we go into another Zeppelin-esque kind of acoustic thing going on here. And I absolutely can hear where Jane's addiction got their inspiration for the riff to Jane song. The song is, is it's yet another song with a tempo that uh, doesn't necessarily flow with the album, but the acoustic guitar stands out, makes the song good in my ears. I gave it a five. Chris, what'd you think? I actually like this song quite a bit. I think it's probably the best song in the second half of the album as far as that goes. Really? Okay. It's catchy, fun, upbeat. I like the chord progression in the riffs there. It does feel like Zeppelin. I, I kind of like caught that on this listen and... It does have a little bit of a Zeppelin-esque vibe to it, if you will. It feels like a lot of guys sitting around on a commune uh, in the <laughs> 70s just jamming, you know. I mean, it's, right. it's not a bad eat. thing. It's just what it is. Uh, I think it's great. I gave it a 7. Oh, wow. Very good. Yeah, yeah it's probably Anthony, my favorite song in the back half of the album. Uh, you know, my only knock is the ballpark intro. I don't exactly know why that's there. It doesn't really add much to the song. I don't really yeah, get I that. I mean, I, I can understand if the song had a ballpark theme to it, but it really doesn't. I don't know what that means exactly. Right. But uh, but beyond that, the intro, we are treated to a peppy, upbeat song that works exceptionally well. I like this one. I love Ann's voice on this one. I mean, if you want to hear her range, I mean, she just flat out kills it on this song. Um, she just uh, is killing it. Enjoy the harmonies as well. It's another great song for me. I gave it a seven. I think it's a solid, solid tune, man. Knock out that intro, and you got a maybe a little higher song for me. That intro took me out every time I heard it. I was like, "What the hell is this? Why you got this right, on the right. front of this song?" So, yeah. But, All right, yeah. so now we're gonna move to track number nine. It's called "Cry to Me." Hit it, Chris. So, uh, Cry to Me, I think it's a, it's a good acoustic song. It has a feeling, and it's easily forgotten with how the rest of this album flows. Um, the song didn't necessarily grab me all that much, but that acoustic guitar and harmony of Anne and Nancy, are, are just it's just great. Um, I think it's somewhere between good and very good. Uh, and I'm at a five and a half on this song. I, I do think it's a step from the previous song, and like you guys, I'm sure it's going to be a step down, but I think, no, it's, step I think it's better than the previous song. Stays about even for me. <laughs> Chris, what do you think about Cry to Me? The old ballad boy is getting his fill this week. Uh, better storm yeah. up, man. We're going to come up to some down the road here. I, like 
this album, and I know, know what Jimmy's picking next week. I'm going to have to bring it out of the park on my pick this previous week to engage <laughs> the fans again. <laughs> I actually, I think the fans may really enjoy this hard album. Yeah, they may, so. they may. Yeah, you're right. Eh? Who knows what the fans like. Uh, you know, it's better than the previous ballad as far as that goes. Uh, okay, you made a comparison earlier, Jim. I'm going to make one, and you guys may not agree with this, but uh, there was a part in the uh, pre-chorus there that kind of kicked into like a Doolin' Dalton vibe on the guitars. I don't know if you guys you guys heard that. Uh, no, I'm not sure. I'm not going to be as emphatic as Jimmy is. It's possible that I'm just kind of reading too much into it. But <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it definitely kind of gave me that vibe. It's a decent song. I'm right there with it, Jimmy. I think it's between good and very good. I gave it a five and a half. Nice, nice. Anthony, what would you think about Proud of Me? I mean, I think it's another great ballad. Uh, Anne's voice, she just really helps sell these songs for me. I just love it. I like the harmonies, too, the acoustic guitar. It's a beautiful ballad. Uh, no complaints. I gave it a seven. It's a great tune. Very good. You know, so. Very good. All right, Chris, let's finish this side up. It's the 10th song, last one on side two. It's called Go On Cry. Chris? guys so with go on cry we have reached the last song and the guitar interlude that we've got going on is very pleasing i enjoy uh, how the bass is setting the atmosphere uh, with the guitar chords and progressions that are going on throughout uh, vocals seem haunting and Anne delivers some wells and the song does funk it up a little bit this song reeks of the 70s and it brings to me the thought of smoking weed and possibly tripping on acid <laughs> uh, the guitar really has a nice solo uh, it's an unusual way to end the album but of course this album is unusual in itself i think the song is the highlight on the second side i found it enjoyable i think it's a great ending to a weird record this is my sleeper i find it really? great and that's why i'm giving it a seven wow chris what'd you think about go on cry yeah it's interesting and i i, I try to, i pulled the part i did there because there's a couple of tempo changes uh, kind of grabbed some good guitar solos and stuff. I didn't really know what to pull in this song because it, to me, this song just feels like a very long, drawn-out outro, if you will. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's kind of what it is. And I didn't know a good place to pull a clip from, so I just kind of <laughs> ran with it. Uh, instrumentally, it's a solid song. Vocally, there is some you know stuff going on, but there's not a lot of meat to the bone vocally on this song. Uh, I enjoyed the guitar. There's more than one guitar solo on this thing, actually, but around the four-minute mark, it was a pretty good one. I'm a little lower than you, Jimmy. I think it's between good and very good. I gave it a five and a half. It's just okay. it's not... Instrumentally, it's solid, but just vocally, it's, I, I need like a good song structure to really give a high score, and this doesn't have it. Anthony, what do you think about Go On Cry? 
Well, you know, this probably is the only real messed up for me on the whole album. And it's not so much the song. I like the song. I give the song a six, a very good. But I think it's the placement of it is what kind of gets me. And I was thinking about it this week. Um, let's see what I wrote in my notes. I said, maybe put this song between Kick It Out and Little Queen. And then flip Cry To Me and Say Hello. Close the album, it will say hello. And I think Say Hello would have been a much better closing song it gives you know, a little peppy upbeat vibe kind of makes you like jimmy always says kind of what you coming back for more you know kind of thing so the only real misstep i think is the fact that they they just these two songs kind of blend together the last two songs to me like I mean, i've been listening to them this week it's like when did that other song end when did this song begin yeah you know, i couldn't really figure out the beginning and ending of them so but overall i gave it a six it's a very good song but it would probably be my uh my weak point of the week so anyways All kind right. of where i stand well, guys, we we'll wrap it up with our uh, final thoughts. This record, uh, to me, this uh, Little Queen album, nineteen seventy seven. There was some uh, stuff going on with two different record labels, and um, the album magazine was the other record that was released the same right. year. Um, and it had a it had a couple of their uh, I dare say bigger hits on it. Um, I think I could be wrong. I can't remember what was on it, but uh, they had to write two. Well, maybe it wasn't too many hits on it, but they had to write two records at once. And I, uh, I don't think they had their A game going when they wrote these two records for both albums. I felt like this album really had a chance to be fantastic, but the uneven writing and song placement, as well as structures, make this one hard to get into. I mean, are we going to go to the Renaissance Fair? Or are we going to go to a Bruce Springsteen <laughs> show? I mean, I'll admit that I was only familiar with Barracuda at the beginning. Uh, this record, it's the only song I've ever heard before on this record. Me I did too. find gems in the song Love Alive and Dream of the Archer, both of which are killer. The album, however, is not balanced at all. It leaves me asking, are we going to rock or not? It's just simply the flow of the album that doesn't work well for me. Individual songs are probably better to listen to than listening to it, uh, listen to those separately than listen to it as an album as a whole. And I say this because when this album was released, people were listening to records as a whole. They were listening to you know the entire album, cassette, right. eight track. Um, the album simply just doesn't match song to song. Maybe if they'd done one side Renaissance Fair, one side poppier rock songs, that, that may have been too. a better spill. I don't know. Yeah. It may have, it may have made me appreciate it more. I like it when an album flows together. This one does not. But even with my scores as low as some songs were and as high as some songs were, my overall still comes out to 6.2, which puts that at very good, which was a shock to me. I figured I would fall between good and very good based on my scoring. Um, you kick out a couple of these songs, uh, and I'm telling you, this album probably could have been somewhat better. But even at a 6.2, very good says a lot for something I didn't find what I didn't believe to be very good as I listened to it. Right. Chris? What'd you think about your overall assessment? Yeah, you know, it, it was a solid album, I guess, overall. I, I don't know if solid's the right word. It, it, I'd say it was hit and miss at times. Uh, you know, I kind of appreciated the more up-tempo songs. A lot of that stuff on the back half of the ballads, they kind of droned a little bit for me. I mean, we all know Barracuda. That was a huge hit. Uh, I enjoyed Kick It Out, Little Queen, Say Hello, Love Alive. I mean, those are all pretty solid tunes. Um it was dated at times. Uh, I didn't care for some of the Renaissance Fair stuff, in all fairness. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think this album shows off Ann Wilson's vocals as, as well, just production-wise, as some really? of the 80s stuff. The, uh, that girl, that, she is an absolute powerhouse singer. I mean, 
one of the I biggest mean, in the industry. When it I would have picked an it. '80s one. I thought '70s would go over better with with us. So yeah, but. well, I mean, it's just the, the, this album. I, I don't, I don't think it shows off. I mean, it's not fair because she sings well on the album. It's just I, the production of it. I think more than anything, you know. Yeah, I don't know. But but yeah, as far as that goes, uh, I'm not sure Hurt had come into their sound like we know them on this album as much. I mean, like some of those hits in the '80s, man. It like. I just I think they they were finding their sound at this point, and maybe that's the reason it's a little uneven uh, sometimes. Um, I tallied it up. I think Barracuda skewed it high for me. So mine was a six four, and I'm not sure. I think it's that good in the album. Some will round it down to a six. I think very good's fair for this album. So I, I wouldn't go much more than that. All right, Anthony, what do you think about your final thoughts? I mean, mine came out to seven point five, um, and that puts me in great and excellent, which I'm fine with. Uh, album is a solid listen. I enjoy diving into it. You know, Hearts of Band, I'd have to listen to a lot throughout the years, and uh, I would like to explore more of their music. Maybe we could do one of their '80s albums at some point in time to kind of compare a little bit. But I could easily recommend it to anyone who enjoys this podcast or classic rock in general. I think it's a solid album. So, you know, I don't know. Did the best I could. It's hard, but these bands have been around for decades. It's hard to know which album just to just grab one album bomb, you know, and dive into. You know, do you go with one sound, another sound, another sound? Which we'll run into on the next pick too. So which sounds you go with? So um, I really thought this one would go over a lot better. I really did. I'm a little surprised that it didn't go over as well. And I think I pissed Jimmy off there for a minute, so he's still a little bit uh, scowling on the other side. So <laughs> hopefully they'll come back around in a few minutes, man. <laughs> He doesn't have that Jimmy swagger like he usually does uh, sometimes on the other side. So, oh no, I, I, the album's fine. It's just that um, I mean, six point two is not bad. I no, mean, no ever since thing. that one, I'm mean, rated it as very good as well, Anthony. So, I mean, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying ever since that Tenth Avenue freeze out thing, Jimmy's been a little bit, a uh, little bit, a little bit less. <laughs> I, just, than, I cannot. Uh, what you got? I just can't believe y'all can't hear it. He just seems all. to be a little off because of that. I mean, if I listened to it a little more, maybe I could hear it, but. You know, you can listen to a lot of stuff and pick out riffs from different songs. So, but all right, anyways. All right, guys. Well, it's time for my pick, Chris. Yes. And in this corner, weighing in at approximately two hundred pounds, is the master of metal, the guru of guitar. And a lover of all things harmonica. He's our fearless leader. It's Jimmy with his pick of the week. Week, week, week. All right, guys. My pick is based on one of our listeners. His name's Tom. He sent us a uh, message back in November. As a matter of fact, on November 30th, he sent it to us and um, he gave us some praise about how we've been reviewing some classic stuff other than the hair stuff. So um, anyway, he made the request for Rush's Moving Pictures, and this week we're going to hit Rush Moving Pictures. And that'll be two weeks. We'll have next week. Oh, two weeks. That's right. That's right. You guys got two weeks to digest this one. Yeah, which is good because Chris will need about two weeks with Rush. So So it takes (laughs) about one one time. I'll write my review and be done with it. <laughs> Again, they're like heart, man. Which would you go with their eighties sound, their seventies sound, their nineties sound, their two thousand? Well, I picked I mean, this got... one solely because of Tom and uh yeah. just out of respect to a listener, he made a request. So we're gonna, well, I mean, we're gonna follow through with it. 
it's got Tom Sawyer on it. It's got Limelight on it. There's some killer tunes on it, man. I listened to it yesterday. XYZ, that instrumental's on there, I think, too, which is an excellent instrumental song. song. It is a great song. There are some really killer tunes on this one. So, But there's one song I think Chris will have issues with, that 10-minute song. That, uh, we were, got we were talking off edge. air. We, we had a, a high school teacher who uh, passed away right around the time we uh, – uh, graduated high school, but uh, she uh, she was a huge fan of this and used to play it in the classroom all the time, Miss Miss Bradley. So, uh, for any locals that might listen to us, they might remember that. Uh, we could maybe dedicate it to her. She was a great teacher, and yeah, she was <laughs> one of the favorites up there. Yeah, so should be interesting. Should be fun to dive into. Get some yeah. rush on the podcast. Oh yeah, absolutely. This probably won't be absolutely. the last rush album we do either. So just FYI. Get ready for it, Chris. All right. Might call in sick at some point. There you go. <laughs> we keep All going right. with Rush. <laughs> Anthony, what do you got going on this week? Uh, song lines and tan lines. Diving into a couple songs from Down to Earth by Buffett, uh, Captain America, and Ain't He a Genius. So, I'm familiar with either one of those songs. This wow. is my yeah. last recorded episode for now, so i got to get some recordings done or I'm going to run out of my Wednesdays. So. Anyways, but. <laughs> It's it's been hard. All well, the kids dropped out of you know we're out of school on Friday and Monday and messed my schedule up and everything. But oh, I also yeah. wanted Texas Chainsaw Massacre just dropped on Netflix. Me and Jimmy both have seen yeah, it. Killer movie. And I think uh, it's good. Dude. It's getting crapped on on Twitter, but it, I think it's it, a good movie. It's a good sequel. It's a solid yeah. sequel. So this is a new movie that just yeah, came it's out. brand new. Yeah, it just came out yesterday or Friday. How many Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes are there out there? My God. Well, well this is not a remake. It's this not a is remake. actually a continue. It actually has the original. It, that is the original lady from the first one. right? It's actually not. She passed away in twenty fourteen. Oh, did she? That God, yeah. I was hoping it was her because that I was, that was I was that was a great storyline. I thought I thought it was. Yeah, oh, well. I, though I don't think her storyline was as good as the one at Halloween. Oh no, uh, Halloween is far superior. When they brought Jamie Lee back in the Halloween, the new Halloween series, which has been really good. Yeah, all three of those are great. The new one's coming out this year, so it oh. should be interesting. But yeah, I can't. Yeah, wait. I can't wait. I will say the movie was pretty good, but the kills and the gore. There's a bus scene. I've seen a lot of gory movies in my lifetime, and I'm a <laughs> gore hound. And uh, I was sitting back going, "Damn." i was a little shocked in what was coming out of that bus scene but uh killing a bunch of millennials basically so uh, anyways but it was uh, very enjoyable anyway um yeah i just want to throw it out there in case anybody likes those movies there is a new texas chainsaw massacre movie on netflix in case some people don't even know about it you know and like it's out there if you want to see it it is it's really it's 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 surprising and it's uh it's it's nice man if you want a nice just little horror break it's not yeah. going to tax your brain or nothing, but it's it's uh, entertaining uh, for what it is. It's what you get from what what you what agreed. you expect. You know? Agreed. So, anyways, all right. Just want to throw it out there. <laughs> I say we wrap this thing up this week for Audible Ecstasy Podcast. This is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it. 